Welcome to the second series of podcasts focusing on innovative design trials from the Health Research Authority, the NIHR CRN Coordinating Centre, and in this series, the NIHR Office for Clinical Research Infrastructure. This time, we will be discussing some of the key learning points from the COVID-19 pandemic, and we will be building on the further questions around the management and delivery of complex, innovative design trials during the pandemic. My name is Alan Gaw, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. I'm joined today by Tim Mon, who is Professor of Clinical Oncology at the University of Oxford and Clinical Director of the Oxford Institute for Radiation Oncology. Previously, Professor Mon worked as an NHS consultant clinical oncologist in Cardiff. During that time, he established the first clinical research network, the Wales Cancer Trials Network, and subsequently was involved in the development of the clinical research networks across the UK. He is currently the overall chief investigator of the FOCUS-4 trial, a molecularly stratified trial programme in colorectal cancer. Professor Mohan, thank you very much for speaking with me today. It's a pleasure. I mentioned in my introduction your leadership of the FOCUS-4 trial, and I wonder if you could begin by telling us a little bit more about that trial. Yeah, sure. FOCUS-4 was a trial for patients with uh, metastatic colorectal cancer, that is, patients with secondaries. It was the latest in a long line of major studies we've run in the UK. This one was distinct, as we'd realised that within colorectal cancer, there were different subgroups of patients whose cancer had differing genetic markers and who responded to treatment differently. Uh, So rather than a one-size-fits-all approach, we wanted to design a trial which enabled us to test different treatments for different subgroups defined by the differing genetic changes in their tumour. So patients were registered for the trial before or during their first-line standard chemotherapy. Uh, We obtained consent for collection and analysis of their diagnostic tumour samples. And one of the key things was the relationship with the diagnostic labs, the biomarker analysis labs in Leeds and Cardiff. Um, Started off with testing a combination of immunohistochemistry and PCR, doing the genetic analysis and we later migrated that onto an NGS platform about halfway through. Really important that relationship with the labs. But that enabled us to allocate the patients the relevant biomarker subgroups. Then as the patients were followed through their first-line therapy, if they were stable or responding at the end of four months first-line chemo, we previously shown that patients it's safe to give patients a break from treatment at that time and monitor till their disease begins growing again which point chemo would be started off again. So in Focus 4, we took advantage of this window in the chemotherapy and offered entry into one of the biomarker-defined subtrials, and then randomised between active monitoring, i.e. what would have been done anyway, and a treatment designed to target their particular subtype of cancer. In all of these subtrials, the primary outcome was progression-free survival in that interval, and that's proved to be a very effective measure of drug activity. And the idea of using the period in the early stage of the disease is that it is before the patients have become exhausted with repeated rounds of chemotherapy and before their tumours have become multiply resistant to treatment. And therefore, those factors can give a false negative readout of the drug activity in late stage disease. So we wanted to overcome that. And we found this design works. It does discriminate quickly between active and inactive drugs, which enables us to uh, consider how those can be taken further forward. 
clearly, as you've described it, Focus 4 is a complex trial programme. And I'm interested in, in knowing a little bit about how such a programme is conceived and designed. Can you tell us a little bit about the history behind its inception? So as I said, there's been a long list of major UK metastatic colorectal trials, CRO6, um, started off in 1996, I think, Focus in the early 2000s, Focus 2, led by Matt Seymour in uh, a bit later, then the COIN trial looking at the addition of cetuximab. All of these use conventional designs with no molecular stratification. And at that, about that point, in about 2007, the first data came through that um, molecular stratification was important. All these were designed by the NCRI Colorectal Clinical Studies Group, yeah, a great advanced disease subgroup then and now, which um, brainstormed these together. But around the around 2006, 7, 8, that sort of period, the science was emerging to reveal the different subgroups within colorectal cancer tumour types and the way that affected response to therapy. First of all, with um, the selection of patients for, for EGFR inhibitors like cetuximab. So... In 2008, we designed and then 2010 launched a feasibility study of molecular selection in colorectal cancer. It was called FOCUS-3. Patients were allocated right up front to four different chemotherapy schedules based on a simple biomarker classification. I remember presenting it at the big annual meeting and there was a sort of sigh. There, was, <laughs> there were 12 arms, four different subgroups, three different allocations, and people felt that it was just going to be impossible. But actually, it worked incredibly well. It recruited very fast, and it showed we could do this. We learned about the importance of simplifying and staging the patient information sheet so that patients were not confused by the complexity. We learned how to get the two biomarker labs working together, and that has paid huge dividends over the following decade in all sorts of ways. So when we'd done Focus 3, we'd showed that we could do it. Um, the next step was how to scale this up and address the forward-looking options for new therapies for colorectal cancer, and hence focus four. So I think, in reflection, there are three big evolutionary steps that have happened in the UK in our capability of doing this stuff, these sort of big trials. In the noughties, so from 2001, when the NCRI was set up, with the establishment of the NCRN, we were able to recruit widely from all the hospitals in the UK through the Clinical Research Network onto trials. That enabled us to have the confidence that we could recruit to, to trials of between you know, 2,000 or so. Then two other things came along. One was the adaptive trial methodology, and that was developed in trials like Stampede and applied in the last year very effectively in, in trials of COVID, like Discovery and Principle. And that's borne uh, really good uh, evidence of benefit in terms of defining <clears throat> things that work and things that don't work in treatment of COVID. So we were using both of those things. But then on top of that was the molecular selection piece, which adds a, a big extra complexity because of all of the biomarker analysis and the way that segregates people into different subgroups. And then you've got to have different trials for those different subgroups. And that was a very challenging additional layer on top of the national recruitment and the adaptive trial methodology. So that's the way it evolved. Um, 
obviously we're, we're all conducting clinical research at the moment in a very unusual setting. And I wonder what impact, if any, did the pandemic have on the conduct of the trial? The pandemic came as Focus 4 was drawing to a close. In April 2020, um, when the pandemic, in fact, in March 2020, we closed new recruitment and stopped new randomizations. We did follow patients on the trial. Um, and I think only only about four patients decided that they would withdraw from their active treatment because of the pandemic. So one of the key extra points was the value of having um, trial steering committee and independent data monitoring committee, which would be engaged with us all the way through. And uh, the IDMC was convened to review the data in the two open randomizations that were then to ask if there was a clear signal, either of futility or of activity from the existing patients that we already had recruited, although we hadn't had the planned numbers, and and therefore to give us advice about what we should do about closing the trial. And once they'd looked at the data in July last year, they told us there was a clear signal in both open studies that we didn't, they didn't tell us what the signal was, but they told us that we could close the trial with this number and we would have positive answers, whether it be for futility or activity. So we closed the trial, um, finished finished up the data follow-up in October, closed the trial in the beginning of November. We've now completed the analysis and we'll be reporting the results at international meetings and publications over this summer. Um, That's the plan. So in a sense, the pandemic brought it to a close, but in a way that was um, quite positive. Um, I think it's always good to hear from investigators about about the lessons they have learned from the design and delivery of any study, especially a complex, innovative design trial such as this. So I wonder if we could end by asking you to share with us maybe some of the most important things your involvement in Focus 4 has taught you. So there's, there's lots that we've learned from this. So I think the first thing I'll say is the importance of teamwork. Focus 4 has been an exercise in team science. We recently added up the number of people who'd been involved in the study across all of the 85 centres who recruited, and there were more than 2,000 names on those lists. So a huge thanks to the NIHRCRN for funding all those people in the different centres, training them and making them available for um, work on this, this and other portfolio studies. So that's the first thing. But also the team in the MRC Clinical Trials Unit, that was you know, fantastic support And one thing I'd say is that it's very important to have a well-established core-funded trials unit supporting this sort of activity. There have been numerous times, I think, when we've needed to draw on the the core support, the MRC, to the trials unit in terms of bringing in extra um, staff when it was a time of great busyness. These trials are complicated in that rather than having a single trial that um, is designed, it's set up, it recruits, it's follow-up, there's analysis and there's publication. You're doing that with multiple studies all the way along so that the trial team may be handling different stages of the trial all at once. And while that's interesting, it's also very challenging for the staff on the study. So great thanks to the MRCCTU. Then the Biomarker Lab teams in Cardiff and Leeds, they were crucial and they worked really well. And they were always involved in the trial management group and uh, were a key part of the project. And then the team of clinical investigators, including my co-chief investigator, Richard Wilson, and the other um, 
study specific leads. And then one of the other things we did was bring in junior investigators, Kaikin Shui and Jenny Seligman, David Church, who were learning their trade. And I think that was quite a good training uh, scenario. So teamwork, Focus 4 was a fantastic exercise in team science. I think the biggest challenge for us was to get the biotech or pharma industries engaged with the study. So it was very frustrating on a number of occasions. We had uh, long conversations with different companies. We had a plan to introduce a novel therapy into a particular biomarker subgroup. And then I think it was on three occasions that agent was then sold to another company and you know nothing came of it. So it's really important to get companies engaged with the study. Some developments in this period moved too fast for us, like the use of PD-1 inhibitors and microsatellite unstable colorectal cancer. It's just 4% of metastatic colorectal cancer, ideal for Focus 4, but it, it shot through development with a key study run by Johns Hopkins in the US, and that's gone through now to licensing and, and it's on the way to nice approval now. We would have loved to have been engaged with that. It just moved too fast. Similarly, despite many conversations and planned agreements, uh, we were not able to get finalised agreement to include the novel BRAF inhibitors into Focus 4. That, again, is going through clinical development and has been licensed. So a big lesson, the need to develop strong partnerships with industry when developing a platform study of this kind. I think the third point is you need sufficient funds over a significant period to do this study. We were jointly funded by the Efficacy and Mechanisms Evaluation Programme, um, part of the MRC funding, and Cancer Research UK. Our total budget over what turned out to be eight years was under 4 million, so we had less than 500k per annum for a very big, complicated trial like this. It was really tight. So for investigators planning this sort of major national platform trial, make sure it's sufficiently funded from whichever sources. Uh, that's, that was a fraction of the amount of money, for instance, that's gone into the the matrix lung, the national lung matrix trial. So finally, we, we are writing up our experiences of running Focus 4. Uh, there were three papers published in trials last year from the MRC-CTU reflecting on lessons from Stampede and from Focus 4. And that's useful for people in trials units thinking about running these sorts of trials. And then there's one major paper to come out on the overall lessons learned, which we've we're looking to get published in the next few months. So we're trying to share our, our experiences. It's been um, a long journey. Focus 4 was, I think, the first solid tumour um, molecularly stratified trial programme that was funded in the UK. I think there have been another 13 or so funded, certainly develop, in development, um, and some of them funded, uh, since then. So I think it's important that we do share the lessons from this trial um, and hopefully help others to do even better than we've done. Thank you. Um, I think you, you've highlighted very successfully just what can be achieved when we combine a, a good research infrastructure, innovation and trial design driven by basic science and all supported by very good teamwork. Professor Mohan, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with me today. Okay, it's a pleasure. Bye.